0: Hello and welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews I've always had a thing for Gracie Law And I'm Gary And today we're going to review and discuss Mannequin Which released in 1987 From writers Edward Rugoff and Michael Gottlieb
1: And directed by Michael Gottlieb Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Kim Cattrall's character, Emmy. She is a pharaoh's daughter living in ancient Egypt and is about to be forced into an arranged marriage. When she prays to the gods, they whisk her away from that time. We then jump to the future to Jonathan Switcher, played by Andrew McCarthy, who is building a mannequin, which allows the spirit of Emmy to go back into it. The two of them embark on a madcap adventure through the city. But there are people out there who want to break the magic spell. At least she'll never tell you that your hips are too fat.
0: So the director got the idea for this film, Mm. just as he was walking past a store window and uh, he thought that the mannequins were alive. Ah. Apparently it was a trick of the light and some mirrors that made the mannequins look alive. And he was like, well, I've got an idea for a movie now. And eventually got the script made, and then we have mannequins. I was like, okay, but this wouldn't be the first film to bring mannequins to life. Oh, right, okay. You only have to go so far as the old Twilight Zone. Yeah. As a matter of fact, there was a couple of Twilight Zones. There was one called In the After Hours, I think somewhere in the 60s. Oh, right. uh, Where basically all the mannequins come to life. I think there was also a remake of that episode with Terry Farrell. Uh, Also being chased around the the store by mannequins. Right, right, okay. Uh, But then there was also, I think, another episode in Journey to the Unknown in the late 60s called Eve, which also has mannequins in the store come to life. Right, okay. And of course, this film would also reference... Twilight Zone at one point yeah, as well, yeah. and I think Felix even calls her a dummy, which is also another episode of the Twilight Zone about a ventriloquist dummy that comes to life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, it's not necessarily an original idea, no, but no. it's never been done in quite a glossy, carefree '80s love story movie. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, the according to some of the people that made the film, they were told to make this as silly as possible. They'd do it, and the director would go, and again, but sillier and sillier and you know the iconic gw bailey you'll recognize from the police academy yes films, he yes. said in an interview that he, i can't believe this film actually got released because when we were making it yeah. we thought it would it was horrendous we were just being so silly so goofy yeah. there's no way it could release and when it did critics tore this film to shreds they hated it However, on its small budget of just of under 10 million, it it grossed more than 40 million and fans and audiences absolutely loved it. Yeah.
1: I mean, I haven't seen this film in fucking, it's got to be at least 25 years probably. I haven't properly sat down. Like when I was a kid and it would be on TV, I, I was always there because it just, it always made me feel like it was always fun. You know, it's always just a laugh. You know, I really didn't take it too seriously. Um, and I said to Gary before we set to before we set the camera up to review this, it's like maybe in my old age now, I, I I'm just you know, I I appreciate too many great movies now with great directors and great story writers that if I go back and I watch something from the '80s and it's happened a few times if you watch the reviews, I watch something from the '80s and I'm like, how the fuck did this ever get past anything? mannequin's that type of film i suppose because like i had so many questions as i was watching this for the review like how does that work how does that work work?" and then i spoke to my friend about it before we turned the camera on he went dude i fucking love this movie it was so fun and i realized that yeah it's one of those turn your brain off and just go with it kind of movies absolutely yeah like the opening of the movie kind of tells
0: you, like, this is going to be stupid. This yes. is some Monty Python humor it's, right yeah, here. It, as is. it says, just before lunch. It's yes. like, okay. And yeah, okay, the acting in the sequence is really
1: staged. The set's really hammy, you know. Dude, staged. She, Kim Couture hiding from her mother because her mother wants to force her into an arranged marriage. She's mummied herself? Right. <laughs> <So> she's <laughs> trying to hide. <laughs> can't, she can't hide. Her eyes are moving. Well, but, yeah. you, but you go with it. You go with it because she's in Egypt. She's a mummy, or she's a <laughs> she's... daughter, and she doesn't want to get married. She wants to see the world. And and Kim Cattrall, great actress, you know, because she really paved, you know, paints this picture of a girl who just wants to get out into the world and do something other than what she's being made to do. Yeah, you know, she wants to fly. She wants to do all these other great things which obviously in egypt you can't do and so she prays to the gods to take her away and they do <laughs> she has gone
0: <laughs> and then we have this wonderfully animated intro video with a song playing yeah and we watch her travel through time right
1: questions <laughs> okay because i was watching the intro and i never thought this as a kid so the intro details all these different things that she's kind of experienced for a time christopher columbus michelangelo you know the the egyptian gods or whatever at one point and i'm like so in in the movie because it's called mannequin she's a mannequin that's come to life was she a mannequin then no was she like, a, did, like did Michelangelo make a statue and her spirit just happened to go into the statue did probably the, did the statue come to life probably <laughs> just... <laughs> sometimes he agrees with me and sometimes he rips rip me an ass it's af. because it doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't matter it just doesn't matter when you were making me didn't you feel a certain inspiration almost like your hands were being moved by a force not of this world you made this body so that I could come to life so I said, am the Twilight Zone? Am I just not? Because <laughs> <laughs> we then get to the Andrew McCarthy uh, playing Jonathan Switcher. Um, Andrew McCarthy, I think, is a, a great 80s actor. I've seen him in a few things. I mean, um, I love Weekend at Bernie's. Sure. Yeah. Though after watching Mannequin, I, was, I wasn't too sure if I should go back and watch Weekend at Bernie's because I my terror it <laughs> oh, no. But he's, you know, pretty in pink, sent almost far. You know, he was, he was, uh, you know, a part of the Rat Pack. Yes. If you know about the Rat Pack back in the 1980s. And so, with this movie he you know, he's playing this down on his luck kind of guy who he's, what is was it he's an artist or a sculptor and so every job that he has, he's just trying to construct something.
0: Yeah, well we open with him trying to assemble this mannequin and mm. he's humming and aring about which arms, which legs, which torso, which yeah. head. Yeah. You know, and eventually he gets it together and his boss comes in and he's just like, Well, I've almost got this one finished and the boss is like, you're supposed to have like six of these done an hour, yeah. not like one, one in six days. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, but I'm an artist. Well, uh, you, now you're fired. Yeah,
1: now you're fired. Yeah. And then we
0: have this wonderful montage as he's there at the pizzeria taking <laughs> his time, Derek <laughs> decorating this pizza, and he gets fired. Yeah. And then he's cutting this hedge, you know, into his giant rabbit <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. And he's fired. fired. And uh, and the montage just goes on and on and on. And there, there is... Uh, one actor you might recognise from Street Trash.
1: Uh yes. Yeah, I saw him and I was like, I know that fat it's guy.
0: Pat Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, he's appeared in so many, so many movies. I, uh, he fires he fires him as well. I couldn't believe I remembered Street Trash. Right. From that one guy. Uh, yeah and uh, and then and then he also you know, he's down on his luck he's lost all these jobs he gets dumped by his girlfriend his mm. bike breaks down yeah. and then there's a thunderstorm <laughs> yes and he's just pushing his bike through and you've got that cheesy 80s music going, isn't it sad do you feel sorry for this guy yeah and then he sees emmy in the window the yeah. mannequin that he assembled earlier in the movie is there and he's just saying you're the most wonderful creation in my entire artistic career yeah amazing
1: yeah so the next morning he comes back to the store i think is it called like princes and co that's, that's yeah. the, 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 the big store that he's working at oh he, he doesn't work there yet he he turns up and, and we're introduced to estelle getty yeah um, playing the golden girl the, the golden girl from stop all my mum will shoot i mean this woman like i did not like to have got on our bad side because no. she would have brought me down a few pegs or two um but she is the new owner of this of uh, this shopping uh mall and her father has pa- passed away. She's picked it up. And she's wanting to revitalize the store. Because there's another store that's got um, further. Like, I think they're in New Is it New York that they're in? Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Um, so there's another store nearby that obviously wants to run them out of business. And so she's trying to revitalize the store. And there is uh, Jonathan outside. The two of them are chatting. And the sign breaks and comes swinging down. So he pushes the... The, uh Claire out of the way and jumps on the sign and the sign swings up and back and forth. And she's like, thank you, young man, you saved my life. What can I, what can I give you that will pay back? And he's like, I can really do with a job as he's swinging on this <laughs> thing back and forth. Oh, young man, what's your name? Uh, my name, uh, Jonathan Switzer. You're hired. Thank you, my lucky day. Ah! And uh, we go inside and she meets, or uh, well, the two of them meet James Spader playing Mr. Richards. Oh my God, James Spader! This is this like this is one of the turning points for the movie because James Spader, if you know, if if you've seen his career forever on, like he's been in what Black, I think it's Blacklist, the TV yeah. show where he plays like a, a badass fucking arms dealer. You know this guy. This is the guy, the voice of Ultron. You know he's done a shit ton of movies, and here he looks like the weediest, sleaziest fucking guy. <laughs>
0: Richards, is this your Claire, idea of a security guard? Claire, I assure you, I had nothing hired to do. You fired him, you fire him. Well, what if he's telling the truth? He's hes like a Renfield, <laughs> yeah, you know? It's yeah. just the way he's hunched over, yeah. the, his snarly lips, his yeah. eyes, the way his hair's greased over, the, his glasses. Yeah. Perfect, perfectly dressed. Yeah. His mannerisms perfectly encapsulate utter sleazeball yeah and he, and james spader is magnificent in this role. right it is a caricature it really is but he nails it yeah
1: and 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 richard's is richard's is actually trying to make the the store fail so that they can sell it to the biggest store down down the road um and nobody else realizes this um but when he sees claire bring in jonathan and Jonathan actually starts to do things that make the store go up that Richard's obviously starts to become your your big villain um, because Jonathan is looking for the mannequin so he's first he's delivering packages all over the place and then he he spots the mannequin in the window and so i think he, he, he well, transfers I, himself to night night staff doesn't he well he
0: he gets hired as a stock boy yeah
1: yeah and then once
0: he finds the mannequin he also encounters Hollywood
1: yes hollywood montrose yes
0: Great, great actor. Like, I mean, really over the top. Yeah, like... the glasses. Yeah, like, the costumes, you know... <laughs> the glasses, yeah. his performance. He's great. He's yeah. really great. And, uh, and, uh, and, and he's the guy who's involved in dressing all the windows for now. He's the kind of art display guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he ends up discovering the mannequin. And then uh, just the... And as an instance, when he's left alone with Emmy, she comes to life mm. and scares the hell out of him. And he yeah. thinks he's going absolutely mad. <laughs>
1: I... 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 I don't want to say this is Kim Cattrall's best performance because I know she's done other great things. I mean, I loved her in Big Trouble in Little China. Um, I Porky's. Porky's. I know... it's Police that, Academy. Is it police Academy as well. I know it, it's it, I know it's going to go against my man card or whatever, but I always felt like she was the strongest character in Sex and the City. Yes. Yeah. Mainly, mainly because, you know, she 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 acted like a woman who just wanted to do her own thing and I think that always worked for Kim Cattrall unlike the other Sarah Jessica Parkers and all that
0: <laughs> no Kim Cattrall she uh she was really excited with this film because she is the lead yeah it's called Mannequin yeah you know and uh, she's always felt that she was the bit part in other movies she was the side girl the side piece uh, mm. whereas in this time around she this was her first leading role yeah and she felt like she had more attention on her more extra lighting more more more, more costumes, more makeup. And she said she felt like a, a, a an adult making yeah. this movie compared to some of the other stuff. Uh, and she just had a really good time making it because she said she felt like a tomboy. Yeah. Whereas in this, she actually kind of got to you know put on dresses and, yes. and dress up. Uh, but also, it's kind of a rarity as well for Hollywood movies the male lead is about six or seven years younger than her. Mm. Whereas often or not, it would be the other way around and the girl would be much younger than the leading man. So it's kind of a bit of a reversal here, uh, but it it doesn't really matter. The two of them have instant chemistry. As the two of them start wandering around the mall because there's no one around, the the innocence, the playfulness, it all comes through. And then in in the morning when he wakes up, there's a huge crowd outside the mall windows yeah, yeah. because there's this impressive tennis display, T- display like Yeah. Emmy sat there looking at this dude and all the tennis rackets in the shirts and everyone's getting an Aurora. Yeah, yeah. And and sports equipment is selling out of the mall. Yeah. It's like, oh, something's happened. So okay, now you're no longer stock boy. You're now going to be dressing these windows. He's you like, know, I don't know if I can do this every day. It was kind of a fluke. Like, I don't know, the, the mannequin
1: did it. But at the same time, he wants to be there as close to, to Emmy as he can. And he also knows, like, he's the only one that can actually deal with this magic. Because she does kind of explain it like, you know, you're the only one who can see me. Every time somebody else looks at me, I'll turn back into a mannequin. She she loosely explains that it's the gods that have been doing it, Um, you know, and that she's... She's four thousand five hundred and one next next month or year or whatever, um, and she she explains that she's through time, you know, since she disappeared from her mother, she's she's mingled with fucking Michelangelo, Christopher Columbus, you know, and it's now Jonathan who she's fallen for because he's also fallen in love with her, and I thought it was amazing because I had to look this up that they actually got proper mannequin scans of Kim Cattrall's face so that they could create the models and make them look like her. She
0: posed for six weeks for the sculptor to make six different mannequins for the film at various poses for when she gets caught in public by others so that she's frozen in that position. And the the artist that made the mannequins did a tremendous job because the likeness is
1: uncanny. It's fucking uncanny. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we've also got, like I said, GW Bailey playing uh, Captain Maxwell, uh, Felix Maxwell. He's the security guard and he knows something's up. Well,
0: I mean, he suspects everybody all the time. And when James Spader... Says to Felix, like, watch him, keep an eye on him. So then he's like, all right, Rambo, we've got ourselves a mission, <laughs> and he is completely playing his police academy character. Like he was hired to play the same character essentially. Move it,
1: move it, move it. Oh man, I do love Lasard. But... Yeah, it's <laughs> just... great. Not Lasard. Lassard's the other guy. Oh, yeah. Fucking, you know Bailey's character. I know. You know. You know. I know.
0: Felix, like you were in the war, weren't you? Airborne. Yes, sir. Did you ever happen to jump out of a plane, land on your face?
1: Yes, sir. But, um, yeah, we also got Carol Davis uh, playing Roxy, Jonathan's ex-girlfriend. Um, and she works for the other department store. And so they're getting fed all this information from Mr. Richards, you know, about the, the up in sales. You know, the the fact that the, the, the shop was supposed to go under and, and Roxy's shop was supposed to buy it. Uh, but now it's not, it's doing better than there. So there's this whole thing going on, and they want photos of what Jonathan is up to because, you know, they're completely unsure. I love the sleazy guy that she worked with because he was he was just the sex pest Italian sex dude. sex pest Italian like you would never get away with that character in, in any he's like what's it Pepe Le Pew,
0: you know that that, that, <laughs> yeah. that cartoon character he's just horny and he's just persistent
1: and at any opportunity he would try to get Roxy
0: to sleep with him
1: he will and then there's the point like he's been trying all the way through the movie to try and sleep with her even at the point when they sneak into the department store and he's like oh man i've always wanted to sleep with a woman in the department store and she's like get off me like
0: maybe uh, you could try something on your size as he's pulling down his
1: zipper <laughs> it's like jesus there's the point where there's a little, little point in the movie later on where she's really upset that jonathan just doesn't want anything to do with her and he's dumped there because she thinks like she's got all the money and beautiful and whatnot and uh, he's like oh you know what you should do you should just find a guy and go back to his apartment and just have you know you know unconnected sex and she's like okay and he's like what <laughs> <laughs> it gets the car going and he takes off. <laughs> but then when he gets back there, nothing he, Nothing he, works. He can't perform.
0: He can't perform. Well, it's
1: her fault she's so cold.
0: Right. <laughs> he then blames her. Uh, I don't understand it. This never happened to Armand before. Never. It must be you. You're so cold. So. And you're
1: supposed to not like Roxy either because yeah. as we've been following Roxy, she's been doing things to try and upset Jonathan's job um, and she's all, and, and his position with Emmy. And, and that's what I mean. The main, same as Gary said, the main focus of the movie is watching Jonathan and Emmy go around kind of spending... Fall in t- love. Yeah, fall in love, spending time with each other at night time. You know, they're still doing their job or Jonathan's is where he's constructing the, the windows and stuff. But there's like... Wonderful montages. I was going to say,
0: you can't fall in love with an 80s movie without a montage you need a montage <laughs> you need a montage and it's great you know they play dress up they play gangsters they play punks you know they just go through all of the iconic yeah. sort of 80s imagery yeah. and they're just wonderful together the song's great you know and uh, the I, whole music plays out I love the fur coat bit the, oh <laughs> it's a, a cheeky little flash there <laughs> you know but that's it like this film has no nudity unless no. you include mannequins that do have nipples yeah 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 uh, but there's just a cheeky little flash of the You know, there's a cheeky fur coat lingerie flash, but there's no foul language. There's no nudity. I think there's two uses of the word shit in the entire film. Yeah, so it's pretty much very family
1: friendly. Actually,
0: it's pretty wholesome overall.
1: And that's it. Like I would say, like like you can't just put this film on at any time and just watch it because you, you, like most films, you've got to be wanting to actually. Watch it. And this movie is a perfect Sunday afternoon. Oh, it movie. really is. It like really two is. o'clock in the afternoon. Put Mannequin on. You're you're fucking good. You know, any other time like, oh, I've just finished watching Collector 1 and 2. Let's watch Mannequin. No, no. no. <laughs> um, but yeah, as, as, as the film's going on, the, the store is doing really well claire's really happy with the upsurge in in profit and customers coming in i
0: really like the uh the display that's got the uh the bus coming through the wall yeah the bus driver looking over into the store i was like that's a really cool like the artistic setup here i was like it's not just they're not just saying it's good in the movie it actually is pretty cool
1: yeah i mean i got confused because they're like like 10 minutes before that they were like we haven't got time it's almost dawn we need to get everything running together and then they do and you've got this whole fucking bus diorama i'm like yeah fuck
0: movie <laughs> I also like the
1: one with the cyclist and the screen moving past yeah them. I yeah. like that one I mean her mannequin looked a little bit out of place on that because all the others look shit right they look like normal mannequins and there's this Kim Cattrall kind of model well that's mannequin. the magic that's what's bringing everybody
0: into the store <laughs>
1: yeah I mean I love the part where she decided she wanted to go hang gliding oh my god <laughs> this bit this bit in the movie is it's a bit over long and like
0: the glider is so far away <laughs> yeah. you're like you're like that's not Kim Cattrall in there, right? That, oh wait, it is a mannequin. Oh wait, that makes sense because because Felix is looking at it. I mean, he
1: watches it for quite a while yeah. before it crashes right into him. It crashes right into him. Like like she still kind of has kind of some control while she's in the mannequin because she says she says to Jonathan at one point, "I heard you talking to me. I watched you." So yeah, so she's always in there. She's
0: in there, but she can't move if somebody's watching her. Yeah,
1: she needs to like the gods have allowed her to move for Jonathan because they want them to get together over there. They're making, you know, uh, a chance I think for Jonathan. Maybe to that's love. part
0: of her curse: is that she's forever doomed to flow through time and inhabit inanimate humanoid objects and, until
1: she falls in love. Until for real. she falls in love, and somebody properly falls in love with her. Yeah, for real. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Cinderella's kiss, I suppose, yeah, to wake her up. Um, but yeah, so then as as the store is doing really well, the uh, the bad guys, Richards, uh, Maxwell, and, and Roxy, they all break into the store to um, to to get pictures of Jonathan and they do find these pictures of him kind of like rolling around on the floor roll, with Emmy yeah with mannequin and then there's another point where he's caught in the morning because what was it he goes out with with Emmy on a, on his bike right and fucking Richards and Maxwell chase him in the car and I love that bit where they're going for the alleyway yeah because if you look very closely none of them are actors all of them are stuntmen like the guy on the bike looks nothing like jonathan the guy driving the car is certainly not gw fucking bailey no but at least there's
0: still a mannequin on the back so you're like well i'll still buy it i'll still buy it it's a great sequence i love it when they they shoot past the old couple (gasps) look at him with the dummy. who are you to criticize the
1: way the finger went up as yeah well. the way she
0: flips the bird i was like that's so cool and he just lowers her arm back down i was like it's, it's fun it's yeah. fun
1: um but they, they you know he takes him takes emmy back to the store they end up having a night of passion um but during the night i believe it's that night as well you know maxwell and richard's have broken Sorry. in i'd hate to think if uh, somebody walked in while they
0: were and she turned back into the <laughs> oh. mannequin oh. <laughs>
1: Oh, um, but yeah, so Richard and and Felix decide that they are going to steal all the mannequins. You know, they're not entirely sure which one it is. Felix thinks he knows which one it is. So just to be sure, they steal all of the female mannequins from the entire store. And uh, Jonathan wakes up the next morning, finds out about this, and he kind of realises, like he knows who was in on it because obviously he's talked to Roxy and all that. So he races over to their store confronts them all you know and it's just like i want her back and they're like oh no come work for us you don't need to be there you know you, you know richard is caught out to being a sleazeball because obviously he's given all the information and roxy roxy decides to take it on upon herself to destroy all the mannequins because she's like well jonathan's mad so I'll um, destroy all the mannequins right but
0: well, she's also jealous as well, you yeah. Know? And uh, yeah, it's uh, she puts all the mannequins on the conveyor belt and hits the thing, and you're just like, oh my god! Yeah, you're just gonna <laughs> chop them all up. And like, I'm just like the uh, existential nightmare of you know, if you are possessing this inanimate object, <laughs> and what happens if you go through that? desert her spirit then go through time again? I don't know. Does she remain in all the broken parts?
1: I don't, yeah is it like child's play like, did somebody watch this and go i just come up with child's play but like a better idea um i got really confused at this point because jonathan makes his way all the way down there to stop it and i saw the guy come out with pulling his trousers up and i was yeah. like did he just come out of his office masturbate so i had to rewind and realize he comes out the toilet which yeah. is right, right next door <laughs> and then he, he you know jonathan races up and he, he grabs emmy um, she's in mannequin form at first, but then she turns back into human form, and he's trying to save her. And he actually and, and Roxy gets taken out by a bunch of paper and fucking cardboard.
0: Right, just which falls, on her, just from falls above. on her
1: from above. Um, and he pulls her out.
0: Meanwhile, Hollywood is also holding off all the security guards with yeah, a fire hose. fire hose. My
1: <laughs> one's bigger than yours, baby! Yeah.
0: <laughs> I also love the bit where before they get there, he pulls up with Jonathan, and Jonathan goes running inside. Yeah. And he's like, oh, wait, oh, wait for me! And he pulls out this giant cover, and he's covering up his entire car. <laughs> like, it's great. It's even got his name
1: on the side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, and he, he pulls uh, Emmy out of this compactor thing and they hug and they kiss and they realize that the the uh workman who'd come out of the toilet is looking at them and she's still human and so the spell must be broken. They're fully in love. Jonathan has explained to her that he fully loves her and he'll love her to the end of time and she realizes the same thing. Um like, like the, the, the workman there decides that he's going to find his own mannequin. Well, it's
0: because uh, he he knows a mannequin went in there. And when he saw him kiss her, she was alive. Yeah. So he's like, all the mannequins in here must be the same. i just got to kiss them
1: and yeah. they'll just love me forever. And he, tries, and he finds Roxy. <laughs> he tries the thing on her and it won't work. And then, you know, the owner of the new store comes in. Uh, and Claire comes in as well. And she confronts them all. And she's like, haha, when I fired uh Maxwell because he was shit, I installed this cctv camera um system in the store. And so I have the videotape here of all you guys coming in and stealing all the mannequins. So uh you're fired, you're fired, Roxy, you're definitely fired. Um and th- she walks off with the other guy because like he tries to get another deal with her, doesn't he? Yeah. He's just trying to be another sleeve. She's girl. like, no,
0: you're gonna be arrested for
1: conspiracy, but we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later, yeah. And then we finished the movie with... Um, a wedding. A wedding, yeah. A, a, a Emmy and Jonathan, um, Claire uh, and Hollywood all just stood in the window kind of having a, a a wedding in the store. Right. It looks like a display, doesn't it? 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 Yeah, At yeah. first I was like, wow, those are really cool mannequins. Then I realised they were... Moving. I was like, oh, right. Okay, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a sweet, sweet, sweet ending. Well, the movie ends on, you know, the biggest song that this movie... Like, for me, if this song hadn't been with Mannequin, what, it the, probably wouldn't have been remembered as well. The song
0: was written for the movie. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I think now... This song is much more popular still sure, than the yeah. movie. So yeah, yeah it kind but of, it, it helped elevate the movie. But yeah, that song was great.
1: But every time you watch this music video, it's always of the mannequin montages. Yes, so you it just, is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But yeah, this movie's great with Starship. You've got Belinda Carlisle in oh, there as well. Carlyle. There's so many great 80s tracks. Yeah. Uh, and the, mu- the movie score as well is also pretty good. It's very light. It's very fun. Mm. You know, and uh, I mean, the film did so well that a few years later, they made another one. Yeah, mannequin 2. Mannequin on the move with only one or two returning actors. Uh, I think it was Kirsty Swanson, so that uh you know, the Buffy actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh is it William Ragsdale, the guy from um Fright Night oh, as the two leads in that one. Right. But uh I never got very far in that film no it was not very fun it was very poorly done and i don't recommend that one yeah either. i
1: just heard how bad the sequel was and so i just yeah. avoid it just to try to save the nostalgia of what the first one had brought to me yeah,
0: yeah. Well, what were your favorite scenes from Mannequin? i
1: honestly don't have that many favorite scenes uh mainly because i did feel the movie was a bit goofball through you know and just it was just one comedy moment after another. I do like all of the sequences with G.W. Bailey in um, because I love Police Academy and I just think he's so funny. You know, with his trousers that are too short so you can see his socks. You know, and he's got Rambo and then when Rambo gets taken out by the hang glider he gets an even bigger dog. The
0: Terminator. The Terminator. <laughs> nice dog.
1: You know, and you I just, I, 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 just like to think that this is either, that this is after the police academy fired him. You know, it's the only job that he could hold down. Uh, my other favourite sequence is the Kim Cattrall flash with the, uh, fur coat. <laughs> I mean, I loved just the way she looked throughout the movie. I mean, she's a holy beautiful woman, especially back in the 80s. Um you know, the montage of her dressing up and all the different stuff, like you said, the wig with the elevator sequence with the guitar, that's pretty cool. You know, I love the fact that when he's playing on the organ and she's doing the big dance, but it's just that bit where she walks in with the fur coat and he's smoking, like, you know Jonathan loves her, but he's just pretending to not care and she shows the thigh and he's like, eh, whatever, and then she whips open the coat and then closes it again, and he sits there, and he's just, he's off. That would be me, I'm done that. I'm going,
0: I'm going, I'm going. No. <laughs> She's just teasing him along. Yeah, but it's so playful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's some really good, memorable scenes in the film. Uh, I, I, I loved seeing uh, Estelle Getty, one of the golden girls. Yeah. Whenever she's on screen, she holds her attention. Like, she might be a tiny woman in oh, stature, yaw. but she is huge in terms of presence. Yeah. Yeah, totes. Mrs. Timken, those video cameras, did they pick up? Everything last night? I only saw what I needed to see. Uh, I, I love the whole beginning montage of going through all the jobs, you know, getting fired, getting dumped, the bike breaking down, yeah. the rain coming down, yeah. and then him pressed up against the, the mannequin glass window. So, yeah, that was great, great montage. And the music really just tells you everything. Yeah, yeah. You already said it, G.W. Bailey, uh, his scenes in the film, he is so over the top. He's chewing up the scenery. Yeah. I love that he goes through two different dogs, Rambo <laughs> and Terminator, throughout the film. And he's just so incompetent. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he really works here. Again, like another one you mentioned, the montage, the musical montage. Them going through and all the different like fashion accessories, playing dress up. Yeah. It, it, it's really fun. It really sells you on uh, this, this blossoming romance emmy gliding through the mall yeah like it's like <laughs> as it cuts to a mannequin to a person to far away and all of a sudden it crashes into into bailey I will say yeah that's great that's great uh you've got the mad street chase where they're on the bike and the yes. cars and chasing yeah. through and going through you've also got the security uh guys chasing them through the mall it's just so over it's so silly yeah like the music just sends it up you know And it's just it's daft but yeah it's fun it's memorable we got it! Uh, the Italian sex pest who uh, who can't perform in bed after after the whole movie of trying and then he gets to there it's just, yeah you, you don't quite expect it you don't even expect her to go, yeah alright then in the <laughs> yeah, car even yeah. it's like, what? Yeah, she's
1: so angry like, yeah, take me back and have sex with me then <laughs>
0: uh, and I think my last favourite moment is when they're on the bike and she flips the bird to them behind yeah, great great little moment Ian, yeah, do you recommend Mannequin? I
1: do Uh, recommend Mannequin and the whole time I've been sat here I've been trying to remember what year Big Trouble in Little China came out of I think it was 87 Mm -hmm. and so Kim Cattrall did pretty well for 87 hitting two big movies that you know well I say big movies they're cult movies now they're more followed now you know and I think that it's really both movies solely do come down to the way that she performs with everybody else especially in this one where You know, a lot of other actresses might have just quit trying to play the role of a mannequin. But going on along with Jonathan Switzer, you know, like I said, he was younger than her at the time. So they just... You kind of relate to him chasing after this older lady who just happens to be a magical mannequin, you know? Um, and, and building up on that budding relationship that, you know, even if you take away the magic and the mannequin stuff, most of the people are just telling him to stay away from her because they don't think she's very good for him. But it's actually them that are not good for him. She's she's perfect for him. I, I, I wasn't too sure if I was going to recommend it just because I'm so old and fucking grouchy nowadays. But at the same time... There's nothing better than a good 80s movie on a Sunday afternoon with a cup of tea and you're chilling. And I think Mannequin is at least in the top three, maybe top five, top, top, top three. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, I'm
0: recommending Mannequin. It's unapologetically silly, fun, wholesome, entertaining and very, very 80s. It's a simple, old-fashioned love story with a splash of magic that keeps things family-friendly. So it's not overtly sexual, as Kim Cattrall installs a sweetness into each of her scenes. Both the leads had great chemistry. They were captivating to watch and easy to root for, while the cartoonish villains try everything they can to stop them. It's very cringeworthy in parts, you know, some of the jokes don't land right, or the timings are off, the edit rushed, or you just not find parts funny at all, but that's the nature of comedy films. This one is mostly physical comedy, there's some slapstick in there and a few good lines that keep the film light and cute. It's also always great to see G.W. Bailey chewing the scenery, playing up his old police academy role, and the whole cast does a great job bringing these over-the-top characters to life. If you've never seen Mannequin, you should give it a watch. This should be a cult movie, as I think it's more of a forgotten gem now. And if you've seen it before, it's absolutely worth a revisit. It's a beautiful time capsule movie that holds up well enough. I had a blast re-watching this, so I highly recommend. When she comes to life, anything can happen. Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews.
1: This meeting is adjourned.